Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Freddie Freeman, to my Billy Batson. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? Uh, I am feeling like a perfectly normal person who has no reason to stand out at all. Yeah, you. I'm. Uh, I think it's good. You play for the Angels and our very own Black <laughs> Adam. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you doing, buddy? Not the Wizard Shazam. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, I didn't want it. Like, like I said it in the pre-show. I think. I think the Wizard Shazam sounds too much like a KKK rank, and yeah, I don't. I, I, pre- don't, I, I don't like it. it. Hey, Black Adam. I am territorial. <laughs> I'm really angry. Uh, sometimes think I'm better than people. So sure. Yeah, sometimes you're confused with Hancock. Yep. You're probably. You're, you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. Okay, so uh, other than the the, uh, the intro there, we got a few things we want to talk about before we get to the game. The first and the most important, Eric Ronnebeck. I know it. I knew it. I knew it. Uniform news from Ari Mirov at my at my sports update on Twitter. The hashtag Seahawks announced they will bring back their '90s era throwback uniforms starting next season. Yes. Okay, what what do you do you think they should put any kind of like um you know sometimes they do the throwbacks and they like modernize it a little bit or do you oh, think that I got the jersey, all the takes. Do you think that the jerseys are perfect the way they are or do they should they be doing a little bit of a of a, you know modernization of them? What do you think? To those who are not listening well, it is the 90s throwback. So it's not your Steve Largent jersey. It's the one in the 90s when we were losing and it's got the Seahawk logo also on the sleeves. Okay? So that's one. And it's you got the, from the two color stripe squeeze is always really exactly, nice. Exactly. Yeah. So it's they're playing all the Nirvana references in the mid nineties. And I was like, Oh, this isn't like just the old retro colors. Also, they're going with the old retro helmet, which is why to answer your question, Nathan, I really wanted them to go silver helmet, current Seahawk. Wait, where did you see, where did you see a like video of the actual uniform? No video of the actual uniform, just uh, the, the nineties hype video they're playing. They play oh. a lot of like, you know, Sean Springs and Walter Jones holding up their jerseys. Yeah, they were specific about which shots they chose. Yeah. Yep. Highlights cutting oh, okay. out Eugene Robinson. Uh, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no Brandon Browner highlights either. No. Well, only shots of Eugene walking out of strip clubs. Yeah, that's that's right. Or or falling asleep uh, with a gun in his lap. So uh, I really wanted them to take the, the silver helmets and make them with the awesome Seahawk that looked like he was, you know, sick of getting his ass kicked for 25 years. Instead, they're going back to the Sleepy Hawk, which I guess that's cool and all, but um, two regrets. One, I always wanted to see Russell Wilson. I wanted to see us win in those uniforms, but with the way the last few weeks have gone, guys, I'm worried that we're going back to the 90s. <laughs> uh, that's my thing. Eric, I would say, uh, based on this year's evidence, wanting to see Russell Wilson in those uniforms and wanting to see us win in those uniforms are mutually exclusive. Absolutely. Now, Two separate things. Now I, I'm I'm kind of in. I, I so we don't know exactly what they'll look like, right? We know it. It's Sleepy Hawk. I agree with that. It is the the Sleepy Hawk head. I I think they will do some some tweaking though. It will not just be this plain blue kind of with the armband thing that 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 Reebok did. We have Nike now, right? And yeah. I don't think Nike is going to be able to resist kind of putting their own their own spin on the classic and. And so I, I'm excited to see what they come up with because it is a it is a nice palette to play with. I love the silver helmet. I'm yeah. very excited about that. That is like the thing I'm most excited about because even if we we don't use, I mean, the, it opens up a lot of options. The silver helmet with the silver pants looks awesome to me. Yes, I love that. That does. So just we're not getting wolf gray. We're not yeah. just uh, being lazy and making a black helmet and being like, hey guys, look at us. We're blackout night. 
you know, we're we're going with something cool and something Dang. heritage. Bobby Wagner's already gone, dude. You don't have to shoot shots at him. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Bobby Wagner, was, Bobby Wagner was obsessed with obsessed with getting an all black uniform. I remember for the that. And now I uh, sorry, Bobby, but you're wrong. And that's why you had to leave town. That's true. So. Um, we could either have him or the throwbacks. It was one or the other. Uh, just looking at this clip, this still clip, though, of uh, Springs and Jones. Wouldn't it be great to get your throwback Sean Springs and Walter Jones jerseys and then get the throwback jersey for Tariq Woolen and Abe Lucas? Yeah, 26, 27, 71, 72. Yeah, I just can't wait so till DH gate, DH gate fires up the uh, the Seahawks throwbacks <laughs> so, I can, <laughs> so I can order them. Um, okay. But other than other than that, than, than that, than that um, there was another fashion-related news story. We'll I wanted get to it cover. on uh, sharing shipping. There's another fashion-related news story I wanted to cover with you, Eric. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, are you aware of Brian Robinson and his big hat? <laughs> I am not. Okay. So I I kind of so when I saw it, I was like, I gotta text Eric this immediately, and then I was like, No, I need his real time reaction to this on the podcast because it is oh out gosh. of bounds. So I'm going to post a link in the, in the chat. <laughs> I know, I, no, I just Googled um, it when you were saying it. So is, uh, it how says, do you guys not tell me? I'm upset with you. This is big news. Why? I, 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 know, I know it's big news. And that is why I waited because I wanted you to, to really process this what? in real time on the podcast. So Brian Robinson said his friend has a big hat company. If you want a big hat, let me know. If if you're listening right now and you're not driving, if you're driving, pull over and Google Brian Robinson big hat. You it's that important. Disappointed. You will not. <laughs> oh, okay, first of all, if you, I got... are, if you are like cutting produce, if you do anything that would make laughing cause you to lose any part of your body, then don't look at this. This <laughs> is this is the biggest news. Uh, couple questions. Really L- literally, literally, number literally. Number one, yes. Number one, how do we trade for this guy? He's amazing. <laughs> Two, gets, gets gets shot in the preseason, and he's so pure of heart. He's wearing this big hat. <laughs> I, did you? I'm kind of wondering. A, did did this? Did the injury cause him to shrink? Because that's how ridiculous <laughs> this is. Also, can we get a hawk's nest big hat? Okay, so we, I'm going to talk Kevin about that. Kevin Hart so, wearing the Rock's hat. <laughs> So two two things, okay? So I have two things about this. One, you can search when you Google Ryan Robinson big hat, you're going to find a tweet from from San Fortier where he's in his locker and he's wearing the big hat backwards. But if you search a little more, oh, it's Brian better. Robinson, Brian Robinson had the the 100 yard his first 100 yard game this game. In the post game, Ron Rivera gave him the game ball and he's wearing and the big hat he forward. He's wearing the big hat forward with the and then new he, commander's but then wait, logo. When he gives the when he gives the game ball to Brian Robinson while he's wearing the big hat, he takes the big hat off to do like his little speech and everyone yells, put the big hat back on. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. This is so good. Can we start a big okay. hat podcast? So oh, I love this so much. So I, I, so I told someone today, I was like, my, my, my segment, one of my segment notes is 10 minutes on big hat <laughs> because I knew this would happen. Only okay. 10? So a little, a little information, background information. Um, uh, Brian Robinson was fr- is friends with a guy who owns a big hat business called Noggin Boss, which has appeared on the TV show Shark Tank. Dude, let uh, real quick, can we give Noggin Boss its due? I'm there right what now. What a great name! <laughs> the okay. original. Oh my goodness, the original. A little, a little background. A <sighs> Noggin, Noggin Boss. Uh, he's the friends original with, big hat. I thought it might be confused with the other big hat. Friends with the friends with the owner's daughter. I have to explain to you, Noggin Boss. Uh, the, when we say big hat, you might be thinking like, oh, it's a big foam cowboy hat, or like like a like, like um, Trey Ferguson. Like for, 
Yeah, like Church Ferguson from Saturday Night Live. No, it's like a big baseball hat. It, <laughs> so I cannot, I cannot express it's too much so how much it looks. Is, it looks like you put. It looks like Nathan put his hat on his son. <laughs> so, this is so, right. They're seventy five dollars. Okay, so they're seventy five dollars plus fifty bucks for any logo you want to put on yeah. there. But you can put that logo on as many hats as you want. The problem is, is that you can't use like a Seahawks logo yet. You the only football team you can get a logo for is Arizona Cardinals. So, so, so I, what I want to say is we want to shelve this. We want to keep our eye on Noggin Boss Seahawks partnership. And then we want to put together a group order because once again, it's $50 total. And then we can you know get a discount for every hat we add. Because if it's 80 bucks, that. I mean, it's the size of four hats and a good hat costs 20 or more. So at a certain point, it just becomes a deal. Right. So we just got to we just got to wait. We got to bide our time. Big hats are coming. Also, guys, for, uh, let's they have a bride and groom big hat. I oh, want to yes, know the couple that did this. Uh, my wedding anniversary is coming up, Kevin. I'm going <laughs> so remember, guys, if we all go in on this, then in, you know, four to five years, you can look at your hat and say, why the hell do I have this? What am I going to do with this thing? <laughs> You're going to do a fantasy football belt for our league. Bruh, I got an idea. Yeah, yeah. Get, you haven't ordered yet, Nathan. Now's the time. You can also get, put. Get Scott a, a big hat. I, yes. You could, I'm sure you can put little placards on this thing, too. Just a picture of someone kicking a field goal. I mean, here's the thing is that this, <laughs> yeah, this big hat. Kevin. It's like that Simpsons episode where, where Homer walks in with a big cowboy hat. and he, Just go about your daily routine like I'm not wearing the hat. <laughs> Just I don't know. It's, it's like <laughs> this is the best. It's, it's so crazy. So anyway, Seahawks, if you're listening, big hats, we're ready. Get some big hats in the team shop. We, we the the desire is there. We're in. Now that we've had fun, <laughs> let's let's do the not let's do the not fun thing first, first. All right. Let's get no no. Let's get right. Let's get through the veggies. Seahawks defense. Um. Okay, we said before, the, I said last week, I said, I think during my pick, I said that Styles make fights a little bit, and this is a worrying matchup because their strengths align really well with our weaknesses. And oh, boy, our, weaknesses, our weaknesses showed up in spades. Uh, Kevin, how, how, would, how would, did the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders rushing attack come after the Seahawks in this one? Uh, um, how didn't they? <laughs> Right, right up the middle. <laughs> and, I mean, and also that, the, over the, run, the side. And the run that ended the game, it was like, whoa, this is, yeah, he ran it right down, down our throats. It but sure if you, was nice of Josh McDaniels to throw that pitch on third down. That was like, oh, you're so nice. Yeah, rushing by direction, they got like 112 yards off right tackle, 45 yards off left guard, 44 yards off right. And like they, they just ran everywhere. Josh Jacobs, 33 rushes for 229 yards. Two touchdowns. And the big thing is five yards after contact. Like he, he has that always falls forward trait that I love in a running back. Um, He had five yards after contact averaging seven yards per Gary. So that means he was getting decent blocking. And I mean, you saw he was breaking a lot of tackles. He was uh, there were a number of times he got to the edge and just beat the edge defender that was there for as much as Cody Barton is making splash plays the dude still consistently picks the wrong lane against the run. Um, what a what a what a schizophrenic game from Cody Barton, where like he's getting beaten coverage a little bit. He's he's missing on a few plays, c- covering up weird, doing weird things. Like the thing that's tough is is that you it's hard to know the assignment, right? 
And so there are people out there that will say like, he's just doing what he's supposed to do. And maybe that's true. If that's what he's supposed to do, then that's, we're telling him to do the wrong thing. Yes. <laughs> like there, there's no reason he needs to like, look so hard for a guy to engage instead of just filling the gap. Like I, I don't understand is the, is the intention there that we want Quandre Diggs to come in there and miss a tackle because he will. Like, like, I mean, Quandre had a good game in this game because he had a, like two interceptions, but he had a good day but, uh, coverage, but he, well, but he also allowed that big touchdown. Like that was on right, him. But, he, that was a busted coverage on him, but he, he just, he misses, he misses uh tackle, like his arm tackles too. Like it's, yeah. it's just difficult out there for him. Uh, the, the defense on the, on the whole. Now Pete says the solution. Did you hear what the solution is, Eric? No, uh, don't. He said we, don't he said we got to get, we got to get more safeties on the field. Specifically, now, they need to get another DB in the box to help in the run game. So that mm. we got we got 10 snaps of Josh Jones last game, which is like a, a lo, really low number. Neil ended up playing all but one snap. And they said that the injury, although it looked serious at the time, is not a big deal. His elbow and shoulder are hurt, but they expect him to not practice twice and then play this week. That's what basically what Pete said is that he's not going to practice at the beginning of the week, but that he thinks that he'll play this week. So he's probably dead, but <laughs> wait, wait, did they say he has an elbow thing because his arm might be gone? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The is so, uh, I don't know. Is, is, is that the answer, Eric? Do we have the right safety to, to put on their safety no, in the box here? No, no, who no. On our, who on our roster is that guy? Like, it's not – it These be. are all my questions. When he says we need another safety out there, we need more safeties, uh, we need to bring a safety into the box, does he mean we're playing with, you know, Josh, is that, players? Is like, that Josh Jones? Like, is, are we bringing in Tease Tabor? Like, maybe I don't we're under- going Buddy Ryan and we're just putting an extra player on the field and see if they catch us. Has Tease Tabor appeared in on, on a defensive snap this year? I, yeah. I know it. That's a I know he's on the. Question. I, I know he's on the regular so. roster. Uh, to my knowledge, but, he has not. But if it was, it was very limited action. As fourth, it week should four, be. Week four, he got an assisted tackle in our forty-eight forty-five win. Uh, I gotta say that's possible. Very possible. He's appeared in four games so far. Good I, roster spot. It takes it takes so much time to to look this yes, stuff it up. Does. You gotta. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta give me a minute, but uh, I, I don't like that's the guy who has the size to play in the box, right? Like Tease Tabor is is uh, he has long arms? Yeah, but sure. he doesn't tackle well. Yeah, it kind of hurts that if he's. I not, mean, that's that that's a that's a trait of our team as a whole right now. Is that that's the thing? It's not just well. a one guy problem unless you can suddenly heal Jamal Adams. If if he's is the answer, then why isn't he playing oh regularly? Jamal Adams and Ryan Neal in the right now. Jamal Adams and Ryan Neal in the box together would be like would be exactly poetry, poetry in motion. Excited for next year for that. But until both games happen, yeah, for for all two games that we can keep keep Jamal Adams Adams ice. Um, So the Rashad Rashad Penn Adams. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is not good. Uh, Uh, The Ferrari himself on defense. so just I just play him like ten. Just play him ten snaps a game, and then that you spread the snaps yeah, out. Spread the seventy the snaps over season. seven games. Good call. <laughs> um, gosh, this hurts my this hurts my soul. Uh, well, speaking of speaking of snap counts, though, Kevin, what's up with these de- these outside linebacker rotations? They're they tightened up in this game. Chenanuoso got fifty six snaps. Bruce Irvin had fifty three. Do you think that that Pete was trying to get a little heavier out there with the outside linebackers and keeping? Keeping kind of Taylor and Mafe and and 
really every everyone else off the field to try to stop the run? Was that was that like how he was that his proposed solution? And then it didn't obviously didn't work. Yeah, I think the defense caught their hand caught in the cookie jar, and it speaks to a more institutional problem. We lack depth on defense, and we can basically do a thing where we try and take away something that they do, but the rest of our pieces aren't good enough to make the second thing they do like bad enough. So we're like, oh, yeah, we're not going to get beat by Devontae Adams. Okay, but we're about to get worked by their running back because what's left over is and not enough coverage, not enough think uh, about, uh, like stopping the run. The thing about Adams, too, is if you look at his his catch chart, I mean, he caught seven passes on the right side of the field. They, they kept him away from Tariq Woolen. Pete Carroll at some point has to decide, like, hey, I know we play zone, but if they're going to avoid our guy the whole game, like, we need to do something about it. Like, a solution to this problem is leave Tariq Woolen on an island and have him follow Devontae Adams around and and be like, hey, I'm in your I'm in your business. I'm do I'm doing this. Like you have to beat you have to beat me. You have to beat me, Tariq Woolen, the avatar. You have to come in and and try to beat me. And I don't think that they had confidence that Devontae could do that because they stayed away from him the whole game. I mean, Tariq Woolen was targeted twice in this game, and I don't think he I don't think any of those targets were were uh were Devontae Adams targets. I'd have to look. Kevin, did you have that uh, available? Uh, I did not check that uh, specifically. Um, no, they were both Mac Hollins targets. So, so yeah, they weren't. They were. They were keeping Devontae away from Tariq. And I think Pete Carroll needs to to move the chess pieces around. He's. I think he gets in this mode. He wants to just come out with the same defense defensive look every time and say like beat this. But when the talent is not there, like you mentioned, Kevin, it's very difficult. For the for the players in the areas of our defense that are uh, let's just say less talented, right? This and is it, what we've talked about for years. Like this is a recurring theme, and it's so frustrating. Yeah, and so like next year when we look at draft and free agency, I mean, I don't. If you told me, hey, the offense in this game is going to score thirty four points, the Seahawks are going to create two two turnovers, right? Three, but said, only two of them were allowed. Okay, yeah, sure. The the fumble. Uh, I I got I, that's a, that's an in between segment. Just wait, wait, wait five more minutes. Oh, I know, but I had to be salty about <laughs> it for a second. And then okay, so, and then so then we have this this uh this situation. If we score thirty four points and get two turnovers, the Seahawks should win. The Seahawks should have won this game. Um, they the defense blew it. The defense played a really bad game. Our pass rush got nothing going. Us, <clears throat> yeah, uh, what we had one sack. Yeah, we had one Puna Ford sack. We uh, we only had... Okay, this is going to sound weird. We only had 15 total pressures. And I say only because their offensive line is, like, is awful. Their offensive line is terrible. We should have been able to be in the backfield causing problems for Derek Carr all day. And he got a couple of decent runs on us because we could not maintain uh, pass, lane di- pa- pass rush lane discipline and get a lot of pressure. That's a problem. Yeah, Las Vegas is a is a decent enough pass blocking team. I I don't know. I don't think their their offensive line is is that they're a bad run blocking team, which is like the the thing that that worries me is that they're they got off in the run game in this game. Like I expect them to pass block decently. So I like getting one sack is sad, but like how come we couldn't we could not finish any of these run plays and like we're so bad we are so bad on third downs. Like how 
how are we so we cannot get our our defense cannot get off the field if the other team if it's third and three and they need three yards like we might as well just give them the first down at this point it, it's it's so hard to to watch because this team just cannot stop anyone they can't get off the field it's it's tough it's tough um it's tough sledding out there we're six and five like we're not terrible but just i mean they went eight for 14 on third downs um they were one of two of fourth downs we went three of nine on third downs they gained outgained us by 200 yards like you it's tough you can't you can't give up 576 yards of total offense and expect to win you just this was uh the detroit game part two except um, a few other factors um one we couldn't stop the run our defense was worse uh at least one i mean we we can go over this but at least one really awful call um that i think you, really should all right you guys, you guys you guys i don't you know i don't like you guys, you guys brought it up that. twice you guys have brought it up twice so let's do it let's do it uh i'll give you guys uh let's give you guys i don't know put like three minutes on the clock here we go you guys can go ahead and talk about the great refing in this game here you go go ahead I'm going to okay. lead off because I is that okay, Kevin? Go for it. Just that, um, honestly, the forward progress on Josh Jacobs, there was no reason to stop that. You couldn't review it. Um, the fact that they spent forever uh, looking over that DK Metcalf call, which you may go into, and spent no time looking at this, uh, that was a game changer. Literally, they tied the game on that play. Uh, that sucks. I'm done. Yeah, they pissed me off for exact opposite reasons. The uh, Josh Jacobs one makes me mad because they retroactively determined that they wanted to call it the thing that kept us from reviewing it because they clearly got the call wrong. Whereas for the DK one, I think that the call is 50-50. So if the call on the field was it wasn't a catch and they determined that based off of him rolling out in the ball bobbling, okay, that's more my problem with the NFL. Uh, as Nathan keeps saying, putting us firmly back into a situation where no one knows what a catch is. The call for Jacobs was just them bungling a call and having too much pride to allow it to be reviewed. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, okay, the Josh Jacobs thing, I mean, the guy signals does not signal forward progress on the field. So let's start with that. Like I watched, I rewatched the play looking yep. for it. Like which ref, which of these refs is, is signaling forward progress. It's none of them. Well, it was it's so them. bang, bang too. It's not like it was a big, long time. No, although they're going to watch it in slow motion and decide. So I have that's this is my biggest problem with NFL refereeing as it stands right now. Oh, this music's so good. Uh, is that um, they go into the D, they go into the the tank with the DK Metcalf play, and they the guy just watches five thousand micro slow motion replays for six and a half minutes. At some, I think they should put a clock on. Like if you can't make a decision on one minute in one minute, it's whatever it says on the field and it's over. You got one minute in the booth to to make the call. And after that, it's just whatever they say. And if that puts pressure on them to do something, whatever, I don't care. But like it was so long. It took forever. And it was and the whole time it's just anxiety inducing. I mean, I'll be honest, I thought it wasn't a catch. Like I'm I'm not like mad about it from that perspective but like i agree i'm more mad that the the process the process of nfl refereeing is is a joke right now so anyway thanks elephant what is that what is that song? baby elephant song. baby elephant song okay uh all right so yeah seahawks seahawks defense tough day dropped all the way down to 19th on dvoa our dvoa took a, a beating as last it game. should I think, I think we i think we went from 12th to 19th in one week, uh, 
just on defense. Our offense stayed pretty much the same. We didn't DV at all. We only OA'd and they had to drop Mm -hmm. us. Six to eighth. All right. All right. Defense. Um, Let me me just go up. Everyone else is they're fine. I mean, it's tough. This we're this is a this is a defense that like like Kevin said, it needs an infusion of talent if it's going to be elite at this point in our development. I mean, we're ahead of schedule, right? Even at six and five, or let's say we end up with nine wins, we are ahead of where people expected uh, by a lot. And so it's good to be ahead of schedule. The proof of concept is there. We know what we need to do and. Um, the defense needs an infusion of talent. It doesn't really matter where the talent is, I would argue. Uh, it doesn't. I think just we need like one game changer good. and then just good depth. Yeah, like it doesn't matter if it's a defensive end. Like if we get a premier defensive end, the Will Anderson Juniors of the world. If we get an elite cornerback like a Jalen Ramsey, it does not matter. It just needs to be someone who can tilt the field. Because if like we we put if we put a Jalen Ramsey type across the field from Tariq Woolen, that's gross. Like people just people just won't be able to throw to their wide receivers, and then that's a problem. It makes it everything so much easier for everyone else. Uh, I, we just need we just need more guys that tilt the field. Woolen is getting there. I think Woolen is going to be a field tilter. He's just he's raw in the position. But we saw it this week. I mean, the best wide receiver in the in the league decided I'm just not going to mess with that guy. They play him on the left, so I will be on. Or are they? Yeah, I play play him on the left, so I will be on the right. <laughs> like that 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 was basically that was basically it. Like he's over there, so I will be over here, away from this guy. And, and Pete needs to do something about that. If 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 Tariq Woolen is our only field tilter, you need to make sure he's affecting the game and that they can't just put Mac Hollins on him and then just never throw to Mac Hollins, which you don't want to throw to Mac Hollins anyway. He's, <laughs> he's Mac, it's Hollins. Mac Hollins. Though I do right, think it says something that basically he's taking away one half of the field and the rest of the talent isn't enough to like give us the mismatch on the other half of the field. Like I think that also speaks to the problem. I think I, I I would like to see Trey Brown back. I think that uh, Big Mike has done oh. a decent job filling in over there. But... I wish I had a sad a sad version of this job, <laughs> like a like a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My wife. Uh, uh, anyway. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go into the uh, the offense now. Let's get the good. Let's get the good stuff. Let's get the the good stuff. So we're not uh, talking Seahawks. about Gino then. Gino was fine. <laughs> Gino had not... Gino had a bad Gino game, which is to say that he was turnover prone, but still made good plays. He threw a pick. He had a couple other, I, I would say, turnover worthy plays. He took a bad sack, uh, but really he completed se- half. He completed seventy three percent of his passes for three hundred and twenty eight yards and two touchdowns. Like it's not a bad game. It's plenty good enough to win. Good deep ball throwing most, too. Most circumstances. Five for five for one thirty one and a touchdown. Twenty or more yards down the field. Drop that thing in the bucket to Tyler on the sideline for that touchdown. That was a pretty pass. Yeah. What about what about your what about your boy Travis Homer on the uh, going on a run, Eric? Yeah, touchdown. Delightful. That's he's a uh, he's a fine third back. We talked yesterday. I'm sorry. Totally. Yesterday week. Last week about possible. Last week. Last week about possible uh, draft targets, and I said running back, and you're like, really? And I think Homer's great in what he's being used for. And I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad we got to see him. 
you know. It would be it would be nice to have a, a secondary guy who I felt more comfortable as just a a runner. You know, yes. I don't love I don't love Travis so much a runner, but as a blocker and pass catcher, he's great. He's a, he's in the mold of a Naheem Hines type, right? Where he's he's really uh, good. He can he can come in on every third down and really affect the game. But if you have to use him on first and second down, it's probably not your favorite. Yeah, um, Ken Walker. <laughs> Hey, not uh, four, not a great 14, game. 14 rushes for 26 yards. It was a point of emphasis for the Oakland defense to make sure this guy didn't beat them. I, I am 1000% sure the way they lined up, they were like, we are not getting beat. They, they, you know what they were thinking? What the dog doing? <laughs> they, they, they were very aware of what the, they were very aware of what the, of what the dog doing. They they were thinking about it. They're what the, what's the dog doing? And, and they were able to, to slow him down quite a bit. Only two 10 plus yard runs, only two missed tackles forced. Uh, just 18 yards of his 26 came out of contact. Uh, two touchdowns, which is nice. So if you have him in fantasy, you didn't get totally. When you had that uh, long negative forward. run, um, where like immediately the interior offensive line got beat and he got tackled for like a pretty big loss. Mm-hmm. Like there were a couple of plays like that. I, I hate negative rushes. Negative rushes are the bane of my existence because they mean, just had... put you behind the, they put you behind the timer. It's bad. If you get if you want to run the ball or move the ball short with short passes, getting anything that puts you behind schedule is is tough to to overcome. I mean, the other thing is that he had he had no first downs other than the touchdowns, which count as first downs in the stat sheet. But yeah, you just not great. Not a great game for Ken Walker, but the wide receivers in the and the and the Geno were were solid. I thought they did a really good job. Um, The the young defense, the young offensive tackles were fine. It's good to see them continue to not get the the break speed off of them, which is like all I want to see. I just don't want to. I don't want to see any of them just getting. You know what I mean. I just don't want to see any of them getting abused. Yeah, I feel like Abe Lucas got beat by Max Crosby, who's one of the best pass rushers in all of football right now. But he just got beat. He didn't look lost. He didn't look over challenged. Like he looked like he needed uh, like that overtime sack. That was Fant doing a terrible job of chipping. I feel like I feel like okay. One, the tight ends were not helping very much in this game. Nope. And then and then two, like it felt like the pocket was always just so tight. And I don't know what caught co- what it, what exactly is causing that. Like I'm, but the pocket was kind of pushed in from from not just from the outside but from the center. And this is a really bad group of defensive tackles that we were against. Like Gabe Jackson and Damian. Lewis should not be struggling at all. And I felt like they were on the struggle bus in the passing game uh, against two, against guys that I do not respect. Yeah. I feel like Damian so, Lewis has been having such an up and down season. Like I really, I really think next year is going to be really important. We need to get another guy on the inside there to help support him and to help support those young tackles. Because right now I feel like having Haynes Jackson and Blythe, as like the three people making the other spot is it's putting a lot of weight and pressure on Lucas cross and Lewis in a way that I think is asking a little bit too much for where they are in their career. But at the end of the day, we scored 34 points. Like this was not the offense losing us the game. I agree. No, it's (laughs) that, I mean, they, they took advantage of when they needed to take advantage, you know, the short fields, the stuff like that. They did a good job. The offense was fine. There's nothing wrong with this offense. Like I said, I think the pocket fell really tight. They, they were able to collapse the, our pocket. And, and a lot of times too, the the sacks were coming. Cause like Gino just 
he's trying to deliver the ball, but there's nowhere for him to stand. You know, it's like it's like a, it was like a full failure of the uh, the offensive line. Did you guys need more the to- PFF grades for the offensive lineman? I don't feel like Abe Lucas had a good game. But he I, had 31, 31.7, uh, but he was against Crosby the whole game. And I'm not going to begrudge a guy for giving up. In the situation that he's in, I mean, Damian, Damian Lewis's pass block grade was 1.7 out of 100. And that's the thing. I want him to play if he's like, I want the young tackles to play. I said that all year, and I'd love to make the playoffs. And, I, you know, we're not going to make the playoffs. I want an awesome draft pick that's ours and not the Broncos, since we're already going to have that. But, uh, you know, it. I don't know. I, I can't well, blame him, but man, I I was hoping to see some growth there. I mean, get a couple Speaking of the game, and also we're hitting the wall for rookies. This is we're coming up mm. on the point where it's the most games that these rookies will have ever played in the season. Yep, these guys are going to start to look tired. I think. I think. I think we already are seeing it with Kenneth Walker. Yep, he looks he looks exhausted. He did better. You know, the Kenneth Walker though, getting, getting gassed. It's the thing. He had he had he had some good pass blocks in this game. I was like, Ooh. my boy, my boy's growing up. He had two two good pass blocks. I was like, two is more than zero. Yes. Can we start calling him um, guard dog? No. <laughs> he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to work a little harder for he's that. He's gonna have to be guard dog, Kevin. <laughs> okay. The speaking of of uh, you mentioned it. Uh, speaking of draft picks, <coughs> Denver lost to Carolina. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought I thought I we were so. already had our dessert. This is sexy. Denver. Denver lost. This is as funny to, as the big hat. <laughs> to oh Carolina. man, it is. I don't know. Like I can't feel too bad because one, I love our draft pick. Two, guys, it feels good to be right. Denver. Denver. Denver had three points in the first. Like they they scored this touchdown down twenty three to three with like four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. It was an all-time pointless touchdowns. Russ went 19 for 35 and averaged 4.1 yards per attempt. They, they are horrible. They got – Latavius Murray had a 52-yard run, and they did not get points out of it. Like, <laughs> I Can you imagine Latavius Murray? You're 100 years old. You probably had to hit the oxygen tank so hard after that 52-yard run, and then they got you got zero points out of it. How, how frustrating that would be. And – I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I feel a little bad for them, but not, not that bad because we're b- directly benefiting from it. Their FPI gives their cha- their pick now an eighty six percent chance to land in the top five, um, which, which leaves us in a great position to pick up a premier defensive ESPN's player. ESPN's projecting them second. This right was now, their yeah, game that they were supposed likely, to win. Most likely position is is second right now yes <laughs> they are extremely bad they, well, they not they do not have an easy schedule too they have at ravens they play ouch. the chiefs twice <laughs> they play the they play the chargers in the last week which the chargers are like right on the cusp so they're, they're gonna need to win that spot. yeah they have at rams that's 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 a pretty good one the rams are terrible but so is denver two broken they, teams without a round one pick <laughs> Denver just lost to the Panthers, so I don't know. Maybe that, and then they play the Cardinals, which the Cardinals seem to be like, I don't know. They're they're uh they're very bad. They're, don't did you see Chiefs Broncos got flexed out of the uh, uh, Sunday night game? I mean Arizona whoa, 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 Arizona on a week to week basis. I have I have no idea what I'm gonna get from Arizona on a week to week basis. I don't know. I think they're so bad. I I I'm sure they're gonna win another game, but I can't tell you what that game is. 
Maybe it's, oh, I, maybe it's against the Broncos. I don't know. Their schedule is not great. So, yeah, you might be right. They might not win another I mean, game. Uh, All right. Let's let's look at us, though, Eric. Let's yeah, look yeah, at yeah. Us. So Broncos are bad. We So we always can keep that in our hip pocket. Um, I wanted to talk about us. We're six and five. We have six games left. Are we going future talk? I love it. Um, wait, no, no. We have five games left. Yep. No, no, we have six games left. I can't count, dude. We have six it's games left because of the three, NFL schedule is dumb. Yes, that's I, exactly. Sorry, I, I was like, we have five games left because we can go six and ten. But no, you can go six and eleven now because they wanted to make those schedules. And my bad, I was yeah. looking at uh, the Commanders uh, schedule right. when I so that's at, important. So we have at Rams. It's a win, a very winnable game. We just yeah. talked about them being bad. We have versus Panthers, uh, which they're, apparently they're dangerous, but we we could <laughs> we could pull that one off. Uh, versus 49ers, scary. Uh, <laughs> At Chiefs, very scary. Double scary. Versus Jets, scary. Challenging, yeah. It depends on, are they going to play White Mike? Uh, That's for Kevin. White Mike is is their quarterback for the rest of the season. That's right. They're all the White Uh, Mike Express. He had had one decent game, so he's the best Not only because he played pretty good, but because um, Zach Taylor, or not Zach, yeah. wait, Zach Wilson. Is that his name? Zach Wilson. Zach Taylor is the coach for the Bengals. Zach Wilson acted really like, a, like a, a spoiled little kid about it. He's it's like, cool. His I, daddy called and t- and talked him out of it. But I want to play. It's like, okay, play better than it's. I don't. It's so stupid. Uh, wait, wait. You know my Jeff- favorite thing? It's basically a reenactment of the scene from Mr. Deeds where the quarterback's dad has to like threaten him with a belt. <laughs> and then versus Rams. We need the defense to play better because we need to win probably four of these games to to so, get to the playoffs. You think ten wins is probably the the worst playoff team? Yeah, because the NFC East is going to beat itself up. They have a lot of games left against each other, and right now they're occupying a lot of the playoffs. So we'd have to probably pass. I mean, it's possible well, we can make it with nine. Nine, nine, wins, nine right? wins is possible. Nine wins is the absolute minimum. I think ten definitely gets us in. Nine might get us in. And I'm saying this because we went from division leader to out of the playoffs this week. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. And who took our spot? Basically, just edging us out of the playoffs. Your Washington Commanders. Your big hat team. Big hat. The team that I would love to root for on a side basis, but now I can't. The BHC. Big hat crew. The BHC, Dan, Kevin. I mean, I love the I love the actual team. And I love the coach. But I hate the owner. And I really want him to sell the team faster so that I can start like. And also, know, I don't like the team like, that much. Being like, I like the Mandarin. <laughs> I love Brian Robinson. I love. Uh... He's great. And I I also like Brian Robinson twice. But yeah. so look at their schedule. Their schedule mm-hmm. looks very, very tough. And that might be the team mm-hmm. that we have to look at that we are going to leapfrog. If we can win three of these games coming up, I think we have no problem getting in just based on that alone. Now you have to look at like the Giants. Like Kevin said, the NFC East is going to beat up on each other. Um, the Giants and the Commanders play each other in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, I think two so from the East. Well, I think it's three back from to the back. East and two from the West make it, if I had to guess. The Giants have two games against the Commanders, two games against the Eagles, and at Vikings, who are trying to stay in the hunt for that bye. Yeah, it's, t- it's, it's tough sledding for them. I, I think there's a good shot a nine-win team can sneak in. But... Especially looking the, at the Lions and the Packers. I mean, Packers are... We have the head-to-head win over the Giants, too, so we should, probably should root to tie the, to the Giants if we if we, if we we have to root for a, a team to to uh, fail or whatever. I So, okay, would you... There's my, there's my question then, Eric. I'm going to ask yeah. you a, a deep philosophical question. Here you go. 
Would you rather get to nine wins and be the last team in the playoffs, face off against uh, the Vikings on the road in the first round, okay? Or would you rather lose out, understanding that the proof of concept that we can be a winning football team is already there, right? We don't. We at this point, like we know this team can win with the with the current personnel plus a bunch of draft picks. Would you rather lose out, go six and eleven, and have like two top ten picks? Oh man, you're you're really it's philosophical because it's pulling at my heartstrings. Um, I'm gonna go with a stupid answer and tell you that I want to win and I want to make the playoffs. For a I'm right there with you, buddy. So here's the thing: one, I don't want to lose to win. That's that's bad comedy. Okay. Two, if we make the playoffs this year, that is a big middle finger to everyone who crapped on our city. When you crap on my team, you crap on my city. I'm 45 years old. I know how awful it is to be a Seattle sports fan. Every, that's why I don't watch the NBA because we don't have a team anymore. It just feels like a slight. So winning games and making the playoffs would just mean so much to me because it would just give us that. Nah, nah, I mean, nah. I mean, it's the thing is the the national media, you know, they wrote me off. I ain't right back though. Correct. That, that's and that's it. It's like, I, I want to make the playoffs because one winning, winning begets more winning. The biggest predictor of future success is past success so you want to succeed you shouldn't i i'm not going to root for the team to fail and Ask if we would have if that's good yeah if, if we would have won the last two weeks and we were eight and three right now because we could have won the both those games those are two winnable games that we coughed up and it, it is what it is like it, it's what happened but if we were eight and three right now i don't think anyone would be like oh well they should lose out go eight and nine to get the best pick possible and i don't think that the the last two weeks of close losses should really alter your view of the team that much this is a good team that can win some games that's it, it's going to be tough it's going to be hard you know we have tough games on the schedule christmas eve against the chiefs uh versus the 49ers but we have easy games on the schedule the rams are an absolute disaster like if you're if you're afraid of john wolford versus geno smith like you don't have enough faith in our boy geno geno is geno can beat beat the wolf okay let's let's get let's get right to that oh kevin i'll, I'll let you go though do you want to do you want to do you, want, do you want to win, right? I'm, I'm not. I'm skipping you, but I, I think I know your answer. Yeah, you I just, I, I think it's one of those things where we have proof of concept right now. I want to at least be competing for a playoff spot in the last week. Like, if we end up losing to San Francisco, losing to Kansas City, losing to the Jets, like I would rather win one of those games. But if we're playing Week 18, we beat the, uh, we beat the Rams. Ew. Week 18. Ugh. Yeah. We play week 18, we beat the Rams, but maybe we lose out on the playoffs on tiebreakers or something. Like, I'm okay with that because, like, they were trying to win their way in. But if you tell me we can slip in at, like, 9 and 8, and we have a chance at upsetting the Vikings and, like, beast quaking our way into a second-round playoff game, sign me up for that 10 out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. I the feel Vikings like that, that did a lot for uh, what became, like, the proof of concept for Pete Carroll in back to, in like backdooring into the playoffs and then winning that game against new Orleans was huge for what it set up for the next few years. Can we be honest? I'm not even 1% scared of the Vikings. Nope. I'm not like, I'm not even They're They're like the fifth, fifth or sixth most scary uh, NFC team They're They're not, I'd much rather play them than like Tampa Bay or, or even green Bay. Like I don't even Minnesota stinks. They've won a bunch of one score games. There has n- never been a more 
a probable regression regression candidate in NFL history. I think they are the they're nine and two of every nine and two team in history on Football Outsiders. None of them had have had a negative DOA DVOA except for this Vikings team, which is negative nine point two. They they don't create positive football plays. They just barely win by some sheer combination of luck and uh, you know. Uh, the big, big youth pastor energy from Kirk Cousins. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not. I'm not scared of Minnesota. I want to play Minnesota in round one. Give me, give me that seven seed. Give me the Vikings in round one. I'm ready. I want to defeat them. Let's put it this in way: their house. Minnesota's remaining games are Jets, Lions, Colts, Giants, Packers, Bears. How so surprised they- would you see? Would you be to see them lose out? Um, I mean, I would, I would, I'd be shocked because there, there's some bad teams in there. There are some bad teams in there. That's kind of, that's kind of the whole shtick this season. Lions, Colts, Bears. Like the thing is they beat, they beat the Bills by three. They beat the, they beat the, they beat the Dolphins by eight. Like they beat good teams this year. I think that's the, that's the thing that gets in people's head is that they beat some good teams, but you got to understand like you, they also barely beat everyone they've played they I also lost every- by 37 to dallas and dallas philly whooped them 24 to 7 yeah the good nfc teams beat up on minnesota and i'm not saying we're as good as dallas or philly because we're not we're not as good as as that those teams but we're closer to dallas and philly than minnesota is to us in my opinion <laughs> they're they're really they're really bad um i i, I just don't get it I, they're very lucky they're a very fortunate team you know, maybe it's just good coaching. It could be, it could be that. Maybe I'm way off base. Well, and I think well, there's I mean, good coaching involved, but I still <laughs> think that at the end of the day, talent has to execute on the field. They're beatable. Anybody can be beat. And anyone's yeah. better than Mike Zimmer. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Google Mike Zimmer's girl, Zimmer's girlfriend. Okay, and then tell me, tell me that that yeah, could possibly be. It's got a lot. Well, then it's true love, and it's got to be true love and not money. Continue. Um. Okay. It is true love, exactly. Uh, I can hear you. Ty- I can hear you. Ty- I can hear you typing, Eric. I can hear you typing, <laughs> Mike, Mike. I can hear you typing. Mike I've Zimmer, got. Mike I've got my my haptics turned off on my phone. Thank you very um, much, sir. <laughs> She's like a Maxim model, though. Anyway, uh, okay. Maxim looking. Is Maxim still a magazine? <laughs> I don't know. I just I just remember that's what it said in the article when I looked oh, at it way back in the funny. day. It's just funny because Mike Zimmer is like he just looks like the like the old guy who's mad at the barber shop, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he just doesn't. He doesn't look. He doesn't look like the guy. He doesn't look like the guy who would who oh, would uh, have a very attractive girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's like a Russian spy or something, though. All right. Anyway, now now that conspiracies are get are going deep. All right, let's go to well, let's go to next week. The commies okay. in the playoffs. Then the C the Seattle your Seattle Seahawks. Well, okay. So what is going on with Matt Stafford? I, I don't understand that the, he's a tired old man. They, and now they, Aaron Donald like, might be dead too. He's like they're like he's in concussion protocol. Maybe he's got shoulder <laughs> then, concussion. His and then, bones and then, got shooked. Now they're shutting him down, and they're they're shutting down Cooper Cup. They're shutting down Aaron Donald. They're like shutting down their whole team. I mean, it's only a matter of time before they make up an injury for Jalen Ramsey. I really don't think Matthew Stafford is that hurt. I think for the draft picks. <laughs> I they, don't do they have their second rounder? Then they can get it, get it up to two hundred one. Are you sure um, they have a second rounder? They they can't get it up to two hundred one anyway. That Houston has number one pick on. They are wow. Yeah, they're really bad. They, they're 
I mean, I thought they brought in uh, their coach to be like a one-year fall guy for tank commander, but he is doing an exquisite job. They should give him a bonus. Yeah, Levy Smith, not good. <laughs> Levy Smith in his beautiful – he has a great beard. Yeah, have you seen? Have you seen? A, he's a brand new person. I'm just saying. Have you seen what uh, Brett Bielema did in Illinois as soon as they got Lovey Smith out? I'm just saying, Brett Bielema Lovey. showing you what Lovey's not doing. Yeah, Lovey Smith was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look like um, Ed Reed 20 years from now, and it'll be cool. <laughs> but, but, but like, also, I'm not good at coaching football, so they should actually. That's who they should get. They should just go to Ed Reed as their new head coach. That would probably work better. Actually, if they actually. just give them some uh, gray hair dye and like just slide them in, they, people might not even notice they change coaches. So okay, the Ram basically the Rams are shutting their team down though. They're they are not trying. It does not seem like they really care that was a about magnificent beard. They promise which, which one? Which one? Uh, yes, but Lovey <laughs> <laughs> Lovey does have a great beard, dude. I, I I think so. Okay, the Rams. How many picks? Do, I Google this. How many picks will the Rams have in the next? Two years, so 2023 Oof. draft. Oof. That's next year. Second, they have their second and their third, and their sixth, and a couple more sixths. They traded their fourth. This is they're bad. Yeah. The fourth to the they traded their fourth to the Patriots for Sony Michelle. Yeah, they have six picks next year, but four of them come after the fifth. They have they traded their fifth to the Browns for Troy Hill, and then of course they gave up multiple firsts to get Matt Stafford in 2024. They have all their picks. That's for cool. For now, only because um, Carolina wouldn't take uh, Brian Burns. <laughs> I know they tried. They tried to get Brian Burns. Brian Burns is very good. Wow. Um, got to watch him while I was watching the Broncos lose this week. So, okay. Uh, picks for this game. Uh, they're going to start Bryce Perkins or John Wolford at quarterback. Those guys are not good. They're leading rusher on the season. When I look, tried to look it up on the ESPN regular stat page, they didn't put anything. They had leading, <laughs> they, they had the leading rushers for each team, and for the Seahawks, they put they put uh, you know they put our guy. But 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 uh, man, that, that goes on a lot longer than I remember. <laughs> so, but, but they put our they put our guy. But for for the Rams, they just put they put no one. They just had like a they had like a blank. But their their leading rusher on roster is Cam Akers. Darrell Henderson still has the most rushing yards for them. They waived him. Yep. Uh, he is now a Jacksonville Jaguar. Their third leading rusher, Kevin. You might think, oh, that's got to be Kyron Williams, right? There, he's played in four games now. He's an up and coming guy. No, it is Bryce Perkins. That's so who funny. Who ran for eighty-seven yards last week? They're not. They're not good. This is a really, really bad team, and their best players are now going to be on the the bench. Their number one wide receiver now is Ben Skoronek. Like I just cannot that's stress to you. That, that that you should not be one percent afraid of this team. The Seahawks should come out and dominate this week. If they don't, we're gonna have a have a serious conversation about tanking next week because oh, is Allen Robinson is, uh, injured? Allen Robinson is on IR. Yeah, yeah. It's Van Jefferson, Ben Skaronic, uh, Tutu Tyler Higby show, Brandon Powell. Like that's that's their wide receivers now. That's who that's who they had to deal with. Woof. Their their best running back might be Malcolm Brown. You ne- you never know. Um, is he still is he still around? Probably. He's on their team. He was on their roster. Well, and then if Aaron actually... Donald's not playing, their best pass rusher is Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd is a decent pass rusher because Aaron Donald exists. If you take Aaron Donald out of Leonard Floyd and you don't have uh, Russell Wilson running straight at him, uh, Leonard Floyd does not get very many sacks. Like they have yeah, a worse I, pass rush than us without Aaron Donald. And with Aaron Donald, they still have as bad of a pass rush as we do. 
I have high expectations for how last week, what they did against Kansas City is they tried to slow the game, the game down and not lose by too much. I expect much of the same here. Seahawks, 24 Rams, 13 Eric. Seahawks have a great offense. I mean, honestly, with Kenneth Walker having a bad game last week, um, offensive line, not helping him didn't matter. We still scored 33 points, 34, not enough this week. Seahawks 31, Rams 16. 13. 16. Oh, 13 is a pal- palindrome, Eric. Uh, Kevin, what do you got? Yeah, I, I think that uh, the thing that we don't want to underestimate here is the Rams have had our number. And they have a they have a player named Bobby Brown the third. Pete, well, it's my prerogative then to say that Pete <laughs> loves exercising a demon. And I think there's nothing you would love more than to run it up on them. Uh, even if they try and keep it slow, he's just going to start throwing it deep to see if he can get something. I'm going to go 35-17 Seahawks. Yeah, I do think that they'll try to go real slow. Last They had 28 rush attempts last week, even though they were losing by a lot. Uh, and Wolford and Perkins can both run. That's something that they have in common. I, I You know what I like about John Wolford? What when you Google him and look at the images, because he's like <laughs> he, he was he was like a great gray cup champion. And there's all these pictures of him, like in the championship parade, wearing like, uh, I don't know, cool, cool clothes. That's that's him, right? That That's the that's the guy. That's the. Yeah, sure. Oh, wait, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think I that's the guy. No, that's Chris. No, that's Chris Strebler, I'm not a Wolford. I was gonna say John Wolford mixing, went to Wake Forest, and I really like John Wolford at Wake Forest. I'm, dang it, I'm mixing up the Cardinals backup and the the Rams back. Remember Chris Strebler, the the Cardinals backup? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the guy I'm thinking. That's the guy I'm no, thinking. John of. Wolford. John Wolford was a really really what fun up? quarterback to watch at Wake Forest, and was what part of them down. establishing that uh, uh like Wake Forest football program oh. under Clawson as being like yeah. decent. Well, after you Google Brian Robinson, big hat, Google Chris Streveler, <laughs> a gray cup, because that that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Anyway, uh, let's go to uh, the money zone further. There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. Best way to do so. Head over to Patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest for as little as dollar 24 a month. Join, join the discord. Hang out. Um, I'm a uh, yeah. Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, do it all for the Tucci, Evan, Flocktimus, Gavin, Greta, James, Joe, Joshua, Lucas, Rad Dad, Nikki C, Ryan, Timothy, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, David, Foles, Jay, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick, and everyone who supports the show. I appreciate you all. Um, yeah, that's pretty much Oh, that. he's a good guy who looks like a kid rock impersonator. Yeah, Except Chris not messed cool. out. He's that's great. Those, Chris Reveler's cool, dude. Yeah, dude I, uh, that's why uh, I, like, that's why I was fur, like fur coat, giant gold chain, cowboy hat. Big glasses. It's awesome. So I thought. So I thought John Wolford was cool because I thought he was Chris Streveler. No, but John Wolford <laughs> is still pretty cool, actually. John Wolford can run though, right? John Wolford I'm can not, run, yeah. and okay, John I'll, Wolford I'll... is. Um, he's the exact like he's he is the college quarterback who will stick around the NFL being a solid backup, and then suddenly you'd be like, oh, it's well, twenty thirty three, and who's like, the offensive coordinator for uh, uh for Alabama? Oh, it's Wake Forest is like. In academic school, right? Like, yes. So it's probably pretty smart. Yeah, it's it's like them in Georgia Tech are the ACC. That's yeah, a tobacco school. road school. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess Duke's an academic school too. If it, I, I don't like them though. Okay. Uh, UNC's uh, not though. 
No. I mean, it depends on what you mean by academics. Like if someone else doing your homework is academics. Yeah. There are academics at the school, but it is not an academic school. This All right. Let's true. talk a movie club this week. Uh, first of all, watch uh, watch Glass Onion if you uh, want to. There's going to be a movie club coming up. I'm giving you a warning. Uh, watch it if you if you want to uh, t- to not get spoiled. If by you this want to know what movie. the hole inside the hole in the donut is. If you want to get, uh, if you want to, yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, okay. Anyway, that's coming up soon though. Okay. We're going to talk today about a movie, a movie that, uh, related to a movie that just came out and a movie that is coming out soon. Uh, of course we're talking about Shazam, which relates to black Adam. Kevin watched Shazam. Uh, okay. So Kevin, what did you think about the childlike joy with which Zachary Levi, uh, portrayed, Shazam, as Eric likes to say. <laughs> uh, I thought he did a wonderful job of, uh, you know, channeling the big energy of the uh, of the movie of looking like, I don't know, like a teenager who's excited, like of, of like a young teenager who's excited to now be able to do adult stuff. Yeah, it was it was like um, what I like about this movie is it's OK, it's a little too scary for kids because they (laughs) for some reason went with like the most terrifying horror murder monsters. But if you take those, if you take those murder monsters out of this movie, there is nothing in this movie that is not okay for like a five-year-old. Like it is really a movie for kids. It has like a childlike wonder to it, a childlike, like uh, like legitimate childlike uh, joy to it that I, I think is like often kind of missing from movies uh, like like this, so there's some these movies have start a lot of superhero movies have started to take themselves way too seriously, especially form. this era of DC. It's like some yes yeah, some some superheroes should be played seriously. Eric, what what's what's the what's the superhero we should play the most seriously? Batman's yeah, Batman. Like Batman is, but Batman is like a hardened detective story about a guy whose parents died and he's dealing with the trauma. Right? I'd really like, like to see like an origin tale there. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> that's that's like, for you. Like, like I need to see his parents die on the screen, or does, or it's just not the same. I mean, it's just not quite the same. If you don't see his, if you don't see his parents die on screen in slow motion while dramatic music is playing, then how do you really <laughs> even know to care? Is that okay? Shazam is one of the most fun superhero movies. Yeah, that, you said the like childlike wonder. Like by the it. way, that's something that you need with Captain Marvel. Shazam, it's a kid who's been given the the body and gifts of a god and he, although he's got of gods and although he's got wisdom he's still like this this kid in the comics he he was like you know his he was hanging out with a younger superhero and the the team members didn't know he was a little kid he, he didn't want to reveal that to him and so a couple went up to him and said hey why are you spending so much time with that 16 year old girl and he's like, uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't mean to, I didn't, I didn't think about it. And he was kind of crushed because, you know, he can't meet anybody because he's a dork. And if he's Captain Marvel, you know, he can't relate to anybody. It's a, a great character. They executed very well. Yeah, I think. Uh, also, I, know, I think it's moment for casting Mark Strong. Oh, great choice to play the villain. Just another one of those people who pops up in a lot of stuff and is very enjoyable in all of it. He's uh he's always worth 
uh, his his performance. I'm never like, man, that Mark Strong really mailed it in. Like his mailing so, it in is awesome. So I think the dividing point for this movie is like, can you buy into what Zachary Levi is doing? Because if you can't, uh, it is it's going to be hard to enjoy this movie. And I could see someone watching this movie and being like, man, why is this? Why is this guy so corny? You know, it's like it is bored. It is as close to that line for me as you could possibly get without without going over it. It is really hard for me. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is really cheesy. It's like it's, all, it's making my bones hurt a little bit, but it's it's <laughs> it's uh it's still good. It's wholesome. Like when he's showing and off and uh like the chart, uh, your phone's charged, your phone's charged, your phone's charged. Or yeah, when he accidentally like, busts the tire on the bus because he's because uh, he's like doing a buskering routine with his superpowers. Mm-hmm. Like all that stuff is great. Like it, it works really well, but it is so borderline like unwatchable. What do you think about? Uh, yeah. And the way he just like starts busking to with his powers to try to like yeah. make money is just hilarious. Uh, it's like such a it's such a like a 13 year old thing to do. Yes. Just be like, oh yeah, I'll use this to make money on the at the subway. <laughs> like it's just so 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 dumb. And I love Jimon Hansu as like the the last surviving member of the Council of Wizards. Yes, just like uh, Gran- Grandpa Shazam or whatever whatever you want to call him. And he's basically just got to give Billy the the powers because he's good enough at this point. Like they're, they're not. He's gonna die. There's not. There's no perfect person or whatever. So he's uh got to do it. Um, the ending is really cool too, where all his uh, his uh, his family members become Shazams. Also, yeah, I'm also a sucker for found family as like a subgenre. So that like I I kind of was already in on this for that reason. That scene with his mom is like, Ooh, it's like it's so, heartbreaking. It's like so heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, and it's really well pushed in there where it doesn't like the scene feels earned but it doesn't take up a ton of time in order to get its point across. Like that was well executed in the middle of what was otherwise kind of a cheeky comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does a good job of like, it's like a good growth arc for him too, to like realize like, you know, you're not, you, you get to make and like pick your family a little bit, right? You don't, it doesn't have to just be the people that you're, uh, you're born with or whatever. I yeah. think it's like a, it's like a nice solid lesson for uh, people like, and that, that also like, like meeting uh, someone isn't always going to fix all your problems either. Like I think a lot of us have a lot of, a lot of you can get in that trap, right? Where you think like, Oh, you know, I just need to do this one thing and then it will, everything will be perfect. And then you do the one thing and you still have all your other problems that yeah. you had before. Right. And it, and it's, uh, I think that's a, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yes. Um, there's oh, not- and his foster parents, his foster parents were delightful. There's nothing crazy about the direction in this movie. Or the um, thing I do think David S. Sam- F. Sandberg is a really competent director. I thought Lights Out was like super awesome, um, and I, I quite enjoy uh, that that movie. But it's not like um, it's not like a ten. It's not like a Stone Ten. And there's nothing. Um, uh, there's nothing like crazy. Uh, how how do I put this? His direction is not. It's it's more competent than than uh, than stunning to me he does not but... screw anything up he allows what is happening to happen yep that's that that sounds about right i will also say something i like about this movie is it's a superhero movie so there are a lot of cuts but there are a number of times where they kind of just like back the camera up a little bit and let stuff happen 
And I didn't. I just really, feel like movies I, don't do that enough ever. Didn't really love the action in this movie, but the monsters were like actually like kind of scary and cool. So that kind of made up for it a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on Shazam and just the state of superhero movies in general. Let me hit my microphone one time though to make everyone's ears uh, <laughs> blow, blow up. So, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, the sequel comes out in March. Yep. Is that right? And then As Black Adam's in a Black Adam is in a theater near you. I none of us have seen Black Adam, correct? Correct. Correct. I'm waiting. Is it? It's. I'm waiting for it to come to HBO Max. That's got to be soon, right? Uh, yeah, January, February. I'm waiting too. <laughs> yeah, that's, and then that's uh, like the next of... superhero thing I'll probably watch is the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I watched that, yeah. Kevin. It's enjoyable. It I've enjoyable. heard great, heard great things. Uh, Eric, could I watch it with my kids? I think you can. I think right, you cool. can. My daughter loves those Baby Groot shorts on Disney Plus. Okay, have you watched those? So oh, yeah, they're like. One thing I hate about those, though, is like Disney Plus's app makes it so hard to skip the credits. Yep. Uh, it's like I got to like click a bunch of times to get to the next one every like two minutes. But she just like, oh, man, she just eats those those baby Groot shorts up. She loves them. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Uh, excited about that. Um, I heard Black Adam has a great post credits scene. I don't want to I don't want to go any uh, any further than that. Eric, have you heard that? Yeah, yeah, I, I found that. I wanted to see how Dr. Fate would be in the movie. So I was like, I don't care about spoilers. I want to see if, you know, if Dr. Fate was awesome. And it sounds like he's maybe the best part. But I was also spoiled with the end credit scene. Not Dr. Fate related. But um, yeah, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it's, uh, Pierce, Bro- Pierce Brosnan rules like he does. He's kind uh, of under, kind of an underrated James Bond. Now he's gone. I'm sorry, gone. Remington Steele. Oh, Remington Steele. Yes, got it. Ireland's Ireland's own. A lot of people don't know that Ireland's own Remington Steele. Okay, let's turn this into a Pierce Brosnan movie club. What's your favorite Pierce Brosnan movie? My favorite Remington Steele movie is uh, is really hard to choose. I mean, it's Mamma Mia. Come on, <laughs> Mama, his his singing in Mamma Mia is just. Wow, I cannot believe that they let him sing. Like it, it is so bad. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't even understand. Like, like just hire a voice, hire a singer to just sing. Is it for as him. bad as Les Mis? It's right He's, there. I'm going to the boat. What about? I don't uh, in all seriousness, probably the Thomas Crown Affair. I love World's End. I'm gonna go with the World's End. Uh, he's uh, he's awesome in that movie too. He's good. Um, shoot, no one's gonna say it. I'll say it. Goldeneye. Uh, Golden Eyes, Golden Eyes, a good one. I like. I said, I think his. Oh, I almost said it. Voice. It's it's gone around where he was un, kind of overrated, and then now he's like kind of underrated as a James Bond because I think people have spent ten years bagging on his James Bond movies. That's because the last one was so awful. The one with Halle Berry, it was so bad. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty. Not it's his pretty fault. Bad. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So, all right. Well. That's it for Eric, for Kevin. We will see you guys uh, next week. Go Hawks.